Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show about sports. Yes, it is. Uh, we are finally back. We got Tom, me, and Eric. Heyo. We'll be talking sports at you for a little bit today. Um, yeah, we apologize for the hiatus the last few weeks. Eric was out of town, we had some other things going on, and we almost extended that hiatus by a week. <laughs> That's right, we uh, had a bit of a transformer issue here. Thanks to a... An unlucky squirrel. Optimus evidently. Prime came busting in and was like, "You will not do this show." And just shot up the studio. Optimus Prime is the name we gave the squirrel that got into the transformer and sacrificed his life to uh, mildly inconvenience inconvenience us for a couple hours. Squirrels are notorious for being jerks. <laughs> There's only ever been one good squirrel. It's the one that hangs out with that moose, right? Yeah, I was just gonna say Rocky. <laughs> no, that's a flying squirrel. That's different. No, it's not. I'm talking about Jeremy Irons, my friend Squirrel who lives in the backyard. Or at least maybe lives in the backyard. We're not 100% sure he's not the squirrel that got into the Transformer. Oh, no. What if something (laughs) happened to Jeremy Irons? Then he'll have himself a nice third scar. (laughs) Oh, rest in peace, Jeremy Irons. Somebody's going to listen to just the wrong part of this podcast, and you're going to start a death hoax on Twitter. (laughs) Quick, Tom, tweet that out. Rest in peace, Jeremy Irons. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Because death hoaxes are a pain in the ass for the person who didn't die. Yeah, unless you're Abe Vigoda. But then he really did die. We don't know that. <laughs> the world may never know. We He's living we still on an island know. with Biggie and Tupac, right? And Elvis. We have no idea what Abe Vigoda's up to these days. All right. Well, I believe we'll talk about some sports. Why would we do that? I mean, there's not a lot going on right now. I mean, you know, just from a number of things standpoint, no. But <laughs> oh, we uh, we're in the midst of the NHL Stanley Cup Final and the NBA Finals. Um, one of them has been compelling, fun to watch, uh, and enjoyable for all of America. The other one has been the NBA Finals. Much like the rest of the NBA playoffs end season. Yeah, I think I think it'll change when it gets to um, when it when it gets back to Cleveland. Yeah, uh, coming up in a day or two. Wednesday. Wednesday. They have three days off. Yeah, for whatever reason. Um, Golden State absolutely dominated and took Game One, one thirteen to ninety one. Um, that game was not even that close. Yeah, that was. Uh... Um, and then last night they won uh, one hundred and thirty two. Uh, 
to one. I'm sorry. I believe it was one. 132 like to one. That's, a, that's an amazing to basketball one, score. Yeah, <laughs> to 113. Tom is correct. Um, yeah, Cleveland. Remember when I said it was going to be Cleveland and five? Yeah, well, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> David and I still have a chance at being right. Um, in game one, the big thing that I took away from it uh other other than uh other than the fact that there should be a bidding war between FedEx, UPS and the United States Postal Service for Kevin Durant's uh services cuz he uh, cuz he carries a lot. <laughs> um I was thinking it was cuz he always delivers. No, cuz he carries a lot. Oh no! Somebody could have gone either way. I didn't could, know. Somebody yeah. in, <laughs> as somebody not in the, the NBA <laughs> travels all the time. No, no, no! It's not traveling. It's it's carrying on the dribble. It's it's bouncing the ball, having it come up into his hand, turning his hand over so that it sits in his palm, and coming back and dribbling again. Again, is that not allowed? That is not allowed. That's called carrying. Oh. Again, people in the NBA doing that all <laughs> right. the time. Oh. I mean, if you if you think about it. If they called every instance of, of carrying, double dribbling, and traveling, um, the entire game would be like the last two minutes. No, I, under- I understand that, um, the issue. You mean the entire game would be the only part worth watching? Uh, no, the entire game would take seven hours. Yeah, that would not be the increased drama <laughs> that we get in the last little bit of the game. No, um, I've, I've always had this issue with, with Durant going uh, all the way back to his beginnings with Oklahoma City or... Seattle, I guess. Um, he's always he's always carried the ball like that, and I mean, a lot of them do it. But he does it so much more, and I don't know. It's all it's always bothered me with him. But like I said, we were talking the other night at the bar. Like I didn't, I don't really care who wins this series. I I just don't. Yeah. Um, I do like when LeBron haters uh, have to eat their words. Yeah. Um, um and but... I also hate Draymond Green. So. It 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 is a thing where LeBron can't do this all by himself. Yeah, he got uh, twenty. He's gonna need a lot more help than he's getting. Yeah, he had twenty nine points last night. Uh, Kevin Love added twenty seven, and Kyrie Irving added nineteen. Unfortunately, the next highest scorer for them was Tristan Thompson with eight. Yeah, I feel like they're gonna need to have everyone in double digits who plays, you know, a significant amount of time. You know, if you're getting on on the on the court for about a quarter of of the game. You need to be hitting all of your shots. Yeah. Uh, J.R. Smith only play, only played 13 minutes and was 0 for 2 from the field. Um, uh, Richard Jefferson played 13 minutes, uh, scored 7 points. I'd like to see a little more Richard Jefferson on the court. I think they do much better when he is out there. Yeah. Um, they just, they... Well, when you get behind so early, you kind of, you got to rely on your top five. Right. And then, you know, you're... Your bench players don't get the minutes that they need to be productive. Yeah. Uh, so my favorite thing about Cleveland being down 0-2, I woke up this morning to a whole bunch of memes uh, saying that the Cavs have Golden State right where they want them. They're going to go down 3-1 and uh, come back and win the whole thing. <laughs> that's a, Literally, that's all I saw across social media this morning. Yeah. Um, I'm still standing by my Cavs in seven. Yeah? You, you think they'll... Uh... They'll do it again. Uh, still say, well, I don't, I don't know if they'll necessarily do that, but, it, you know, be down 3-1 and come back. But I'm I'm sticking by my Cavs in seven. I don't know. They just uh, they didn't look at all like the team that did that last year. But this happened last year. They got absolutely demolished in two of their three losses. Just even more embarrassingly than they got, in, than they got beat the past two games. 
So I, I wouldn't say that they can't do it again. Um, it was my pick, so I'm sticking with it. Okay. Um, I, I'm oh. just like I. Golden State is healthier this year than they were last year uh, in the finals, um, and I don't know. And they have, they have Kevin Durant too, yeah, which is a huge. The, that addition, I think, can push them back over the hump. Yeah. Um, I didn't see a lot of game two. We had a birthday party that we were at last night for our aunt. Um, so I did not see a lot of game two. But in game one, the thing that struck me the most was on fast breaks. As soon as the ball got in Durant's hands, Cavs defenders would go out to the wing. Because they knew to, he was going to. To defend the pass. And he would just throw down on an open alley. Yep. And it kept happening over and over and over again. And that's the problem with this Warriors team. You have to pick your poison, and I guess the Cavs decided early on that they're okay with giving up two points on these dunks rather than having them throw it out to Curry and Thompson on the wings I know, but, and letting them shoot for three. But, but dunks go in at a much higher percentage than threes. That was kind of my thought. You and I you can't sacrifice you know, defending the entire middle of the uh, zone and just let people have free reign in there and expect to win. You got to be willing to uh, at least open up the possibility of a pass to the outside. Right. No, I agree with you. Um, I think you take the chance with the three. I know it is a little bit different when you're talking about Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Right. I, Even I, still, they only shoot about forty percent at their best from right. from three. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different um, when you're talking about those two guys. So I I get where Cleveland's coming from. But yeah, it obviously was not working in game one. Um, and, I did see, I did see it at least once in game two from the little bit that I watched. Yeah. Um, so from the highlights I saw, it was just it really didn't matter who they chose to defend. Right. Uh, yeah, and that that is the kind of team that Golden State is. Um, there's not, yeah, there's not much you can do to stop them um, when they're on those fast breaks. They're they're gonna score, uh, and with their efficiency on you know half court offense and everything like that, it's. It's going to be impossible. There, I uh, mean, at times, there's a reason that they're in the third straight finals, right? Um, so going forward, we have, as Tom said, Game Three on Wednesday at uh, 9 p.m. on ABC. Uh, game Four Friday at 9 p.m. on ABC, uh, and then the as needed games uh, Monday, June 12th. They'll be back in Golden State. Uh, game Six will be back in Cleveland on Thursday, the 15th. And if it goes to 7, that'll wrap up on the 18th, which is a Sunday. And uh, all those games are 9 o'clock on ABC, except Game 7 would be at 8 o'clock. So um, if I'm right, it's going to 7. Uh, actually, I expect Cleveland to win Game 3. Yeah, I really you do. You think they're going to they're gonna come back and answer? Yep. Uh, game 3, you know, Game 3 and 4, I think they'll take them both. I think we're looking at a 2-2 series when this goes back to California. So my bold predictions for this. I think it'll end in in Cleveland. Yeah, you think it's a sweep? I th- either either a sweep or or six games. Yeah. But it will end in Cleveland. Gotcha. All right. Well, over in the NHL, uh we got ourselves a series. Yep. Uh they are a game ahead of the NBA right now. Um, and they'll be uh two games ahead by the end of tonight. Yes. Uh the Penguins took game 1 on Oh, what was that? Way back on Monday, Monday, uh, by a score of five to three. Um, they were up three nothing, and then they went twenty seven, thirty seven, thirty seven minutes, minutes of of gameplay without a shot on goal. Yep. Uh, the Predators were able to tie it up in that time, and uh, 
what it was was it on their their first shot after ending the uh, shots shots drought not positive uh they got a late goal from Gensel and took the lead and wound up uh was an empty netter towards the end to go up 5-3 yep um and then on uh Wednesday they just absolutely dominated Nashville uh from start to finish and uh wound up with a 4-1 victory uh Gensel scored two in that game yep uh and then just two nights ago, the Predators won five to one, and Gensel scored in that and game. And Gensel scored in that game. Um, this is uh, the first ever Stanley Cup Finals victory for the Nashville Predators. Yes, so congratulations to them. Uh, the fifty thousand fans that were outside the arena were very pleased. Yeah, they um, they have one of the most loyal and rabid fan bases. You know what the amazing thing is, though? Fifty thousand people gathered. Um, and there were only 11 arrests. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty calm down there. Um, a lot of catfish. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, somebody threw one on the ice in Pittsburgh, and yeah. uh, they were going to be charged. A couple different crimes. Um, one of them, I believe, was disorderly conduct uh, for throwing the catfish on the ice in Pittsburgh. And uh, I guess the city of Pittsburgh went as far as to instruct their meat markets to only sell catfish to people with Pittsburgh addresses. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for game two after that happened in game one. Only sell to people with Pittsburgh addresses. Uh, the funny thing is that guy brought the fish with him. Yes, all the way from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. What did that car ride smell like? I mean, I'm sure he dry- <laughs> like catfish. I'm sure he dry packed it and vacuum sealed it. And... Yeah, man, that had to be... He's sitting there with it, and I believe it was in his pants is what I read. He had compression shorts, and, yeah. and he had them in the compression shorts. Is that a catfish in your pants, or you're just happy to see me? Yes. Oh, man, those crazy Nashville fans and their catfishes. Yeah. It's almost like several teams don't do that. Yeah. But just the, I don't know, the putting it down the front of your pants thing. Did you see this? Uh, Jeremy Roenick did a thing with uh, Tyler Lewan from the Titans. Talking about the catfish thing down there, and Lawan showed him how to hide it. <laughs> and uh, in the bit, uh, Lawan put it down the front of his pants, and then the the ult- uh, they ultimately decided that for Ronick to sneak one in, he did have to, he strapped it to his back, so it's like halfway in his pants, <laughs> coming up the back of his shorts. And they said he'd have, like he'd have to wear a coat over it or something like that. It was pretty. It was a pretty funny bit. If I if I can find a video of it, I'll put it on there. Um, I still expect to be correct in this series. Uh, I yeah. picked Pittsburgh in five. I don't think you'll be correct. I'm telling you, it is just it is so so difficult to play down there, um, especially uh, if you don't get to a big lead early. Like they scored first, the the Penguins did, but it really it just wasn't enough to deflate that crowd. Yeah. Um, no, I I think Pittsburgh will rebound tonight, and I think they will get out to a quick lead. Um, and I think they'll be able to sustain it. Also, um, all of the goals scored on Murray in that game were to his glove side. Yeah, I did notice that. And they, um, the key for Nashville in that one was that once they got that first one, they were able to continue to pressure him. Yeah. Uh, so Pittsburgh needs to uh, tighten up on that a little bit. If they give one up, they can't. They can't get frazzled like they did in Game Three. They need to tighten up that defense. And yeah, towards and, the end of that game, they were getting very chippy. Yeah. They were very, very upset that they got walloped. Yeah. Um, oh, and, you know, most teams get that way towards the end of games. 
Um, yeah, but I, th- I think the the best teams are the ones who don't let things bother them. And yeah. you know, both of these teams you you've seen where uh, they've been getting you know frazzled and, and right. upset. I mean, even Chicago was getting that way towards you right, know, yeah. towards the end of their losses against Nashville, and they you know they weren't even getting blown out in most of those games. Yeah. So I mean, it's I think Nashville is just that kind of team that you know. They can get under your skin like that. Uh, Ekholm, number one, uh, which I, I've never liked him. Um, and he had a pretty cheap shot on Cullen in game one that kind of irritated me. Um, he's been pretty calm for the rest of the series, though. It was just that one incident. Oh, yeah. Um, but he is he's one of those agitators. He'll get under your skin. He, yeah. he is that guy for Nashville. Uh, and he was doing his job in, in game three. Um, so, now, looking forward to tonight. I, I expect the Penguins to take the game tonight. Um, yeah, we'll find out later on. Tom is obviously taking Nashville uh, since he thinks it's too difficult to win down there. Yeah, but see, when I say I'm picking Nashville, that means that the Penguins will win. Right. Um, so switching gears, we're going to hop over to the NFL right now. Um, not a lot going on, but one thing I wanted to talk about, uh, these off-season stories, they always kind of crack me up. And uh, being in this business, we got to kind of do them too. Uh, Gil Brandt over at NFL.com uh, released his uh, top top ten most talented teams for this next season, and the list is kind of laughable. I just want to run through it, and we can all laugh together. Uh, number one, New England Patriots. Well, it, you know, right? I mean, there's defending Super Bowl champions. They are supremely talented. I'm not, you know. Uh, number two, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are uh, offensively very, very talented. I'd like to see more from that defense. Um, I think he did this based on a lot of their young players that he thinks will take the next step. Well, that's uh, that's really what uh, Pittsburgh is banking on, too. Right. Uh, but putting them up at number two, not entirely sure. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons at number three. Uh, I can buy that. I mean, they showed it last year. Number four is the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> that's just not... Don't say things like that when I'm drinking coffee. Right. I just I don't buy it. Um, I, we don't know what's going on with Derek Carr's leg. Uh, we don't know what Marshawn Lynch is going to look like coming back from his year off. Yeah. Um, I, I, can Michael Crabtree do that again? Right. Um, so I'm not I'm not convinced on the offensive side of the ball with them right now. I mean, now. It, the talent level is there. It's it's a matter of whether or not it comes together. Yeah. Um, number five, the Dallas Cowboys. This is extremely laughable. You mean those two players? Yeah. Um, you know, will Prescott have a sophomore slump? You know, will Zeke have the sophomore slump? Um, Des Bryant is never anyone. He's never a person you can rely on. Right. He's When things are going great, yeah, he's there. But if they have some trouble this year, if they don't go 12-4, and four, yeah, what's he going to be like in that locker room? What's he going to be like on the field? Is he going to leave games early again? Well, uh, again, uh, this is the most talented teams, right? That's what this list is? Yeah. So uh, he is extremely talented. Right. He's just not a leader. Right. He's definitely not a leader. Uh, but, I don't, you know, we got to see more out of Zeke and uh, uh, Prescott. Like, yeah, they, they showed a lot in that rookie with, season. Uh, but was it talent or was it there not being game tape on these guys? Well, with, uh, with Prescott, I believe that he'll have the full playbook now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, um, they are talented, but... Uh, Aside from those three, I'm not I'm not sold on them. Well, and and there are no questions about whether or not he's the starter. Right. 
Uh, no, they, they're supremely talented with those three players, but Jason Witten is not that talented anymore. Uh, Cole Beasley has never struck me as very talented. Just they're double covering Dez. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're devoting safeties to Jason Witten. So, yeah, Cole Beasley is going to have a lot of those underneath routes. The He had his first catch over 20 yards last season in his career. First catch over 20 last season. Well, you know, you need uh, you need your second and third receivers, especially when, when your first receiver is Dez and he basically just does uh, fly routes and posts. Yeah. Um, number six, the New York Giants, which I actually think is really low. When you look at what they have, they, you know, Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh, um, two-time Super Bowl winning uh, defense behind him. <laughs> Eli's put up the same stats that Ben Roethlisberger has over the course of their careers. His completion percent but, is, well, not good. <laughs> but he's still up there with the yards and the touchdowns. Because he had, has not had running backs to be able to rely on for an entire season. No. Eli, man, uh, he is talented. He's talented. Uh, I just He's actually the, the worst of, of that class of quarterback, and he's had a good team around him to be able to win the Super Bowls. Um but they've got Janoris Jenkins, Oliver Vernon, Jason Pierre-Paul, Landon Collins, all these guys on defense. Um, and on offense, obviously, Old L. Beckham Jr., uh, Sterling Shepard. I thought you just said Old L. Beckham Jr. Old L. Beckham Jr. Um, old L. Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard. They signed Brandon Marshall in the offseason. <coughs> Isn't he retiring soon? I've I don't I haven't heard anything about. I'm pretty that. sure he said he's going to play like one or two more yeah. years. But I I think the Giants are one of the most talented teams in the NFL right now. I think they're a very dangerous team in the NFC East. I think they have to prove it. Oh, but talent. Yeah, but uh, they have to prove that they the that talent. that they have that talent. Right, Tur- turning the talent into something is going to be an issue for them. Uh, number seven, and I think they're kind of low. The Green Bay Packers. Uh Rodgers, Nelson Cobb, Adams, Martellus Bennett. The addition, on- the addition of, of Bennett really helps. Yeah, and um, I th- I think the jury's out on Ty Montgomery right now. I, he's supremely talented. He can play two positions as a starter in the NFL. He can be a starting slot receiver in the NFL. He proved it. He when when half of your team was broken, he proved that he could come in and do it. No, I mean, he's still. I, mean, I don't like that's that's the thing. Uh, and you know, he might be one of those players that exceeds in that type of role. Um, but then worry to go somewhere else and, right. and, you know, to say the Vikings or something. Yeah, which is where most former Packers go. Um, but then on the defensive side, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, HaHa Clinton Dix. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're if, supremely if they talented. <laughs> right. They're supremely talented. Um, I think they should be, I would put them a little bit, I'd, I'd put them higher than Oakland for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, um, you wouldn't have Oakland that high. Right. I'd, I'd put them higher than Oakland for sure. I'd probably put them uh, just above Dallas. Uh, talk, you know, using the teams that he's discussing here. Yeah. Uh, number eight, the Kansas City Chiefs, which I also think is kind of low. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, Justin Houston, Eric Berry, Marcus Peters. Jeremy Mack. Oh. Aww. Um You see that uh, Tyrod Taylor and, uh, who is it, McCoy, are trying to get him up in Buffalo? Yeah, I saw something about that. It makes sense. They don't really have a playmaking receiver up there. Yeah. Sammy, can't Sammy Watkins, the, yeah, get your a, stuff together. That was a bust. Um, number nine, he has the Panthers. Uh, I think this is pretty close to being correct. Uh, Cam Newton doesn't really have anybody to throw it to except Greg Olson. 
Jonathan Stewart's getting old, but they did draft Christian McCaffrey. Right. Uh, they got Matt Khalil up front, and then you know they brought back Julius Peppers, which yes, he's old, but <laughs> he still produces. Um, set, signed uh, Mike Adams, and they still got uh, Luke Keekley and Kawan Short. So I, they are a very talented team. Um, Luke Keekley, who said uh, basically that he doesn't care how many concussions he gets. Yeah. He's not going to change how he plays. Yeah. Does he have a family? I don't know. I don't know. I did, like. I, I know that this is your life. Football is your life, but football ends. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's going to do what he wants to do, and the Panthers aren't going to step in and tell him not to. No, because they... And the players' union isn't going to step in and tell him not to. Yeah, no, because the, the Panthers make money off of him playing the way right. he does. Uh, so and, does the players' union. Yeah, it... I don't, I don't see anything changing. Yeah. Uh, number ten, the Washington Redskins. Uh, um, Kirk Cousins. They signed Terrell Pryor. Uh, they got uh, oh, what's his name? Jameson Crowder and uh, Josh Doxson. Uh, they got tight end Jordan Reed. Defense, eh? Um, not one hundred percent sold. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan and Josh Norman. I guess I don't think. And that's that's if Josh Norman doesn't, you know. <clears throat> Act like an idiot and get himself suspended for yeah. fighting with other players. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I don't know. Not sold on this on the Redskins being there. Um, if I had to, you know, round out the top ten, I think I probably would have gone with Houston or Miami. Yeah. Uh, people continue to underrate Houston because they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah. You know, they'll get J.J. Watt back, which is going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, they got um, Jadavian Clowney on the other side. Um, you know, the the wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller out of Notre Dame, if he's healthy for a whole season, yeah. you know, they got that deep threat. And, you know, we talked about their incoming draft class. We love Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they have one of the best receiving cores in the league that he's coming in and it's going to be able to throw to right away. And uh, who'd they draft at running back? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's the kid out of Texas. I am yeah, um, blanking um, on his name right now. Uh but I'm going to look it up. Oh, it was Foreman. Yeah. Deonta, uh, Deonta Foreman. That's right. So yeah. they're going to have the running game. Thanks, ask.com. That's still a thing? Apparently it is because <laughs> when I typed into the – because I just typed into the top bar where you would put your website, like, you know, where you would type oh, yahoo.com. You, you downloaded something somewhere that changed your default search yep. engine. Well, <laughs> sucker. I – I did you, didn't. Full you, disclosure. You updated Java, didn't you? I am bar- <laughs> I am I am borrowing this computer uh right now. So somebody updated somebody, Java recently and yeah. didn't uncheck the tiny little box that says check here to reconfigure all of your crap that you don't want reconfigured. Yep. yep. So we just used ask.com uh <laughs> which used to be ask Jeeves. Right? Uh that that little electronic butler. Remember uh Dogpile and uh what was the other one? Alta Vista. Yes. Oh, man. I, I used Vista the heck out of stuff. I love I love that because it keeps <laughs> coming up. Uh, uh, if you guys watch Parks and Rec, they're talking about uh, when Ben's like, why does everyone still use Alta Vista? <laughs> I, put your, I put your symptoms into this uh, web search, and it turns out that you have uh, connectivity problems. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the writers absolutely hate that joke because Chris Pratt came up with it right there on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> Writers hate ad libs. It's just a fact. They put words on the script. They want to hear those words. They don't want to hear the actors yeah. making up their own, no matter how funny they may be. Well, and Michael Shearer said, "He goes, I hate the fact that it's my favorite joke." <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That is that is one of my favorites from that entire series. <laughs> it was definitely a good one. Um, so I, uh, I was sitting around, just not a lot to do the other day, and I was watching uh, just NFL highlights from the last season. Um, you would, and I was work- I was working on some other stuff, and I just kind of have I always have I always have YouTube videos on in the background when I'm working on things, and uh, I w- I'm, I'm glancing over and seeing some of the highlights and everything, and one thing struck me. I, I'm very excited for football to be back. Yeah, like I, I'm at I'm at the point of the year where I start to go through withdrawals a little bit, See, and it, it lasts it lasts for like a week or two, and then I'm fine. But I, I I realized something about these withdrawals. It's not so much football; it's Sunday night football. Really, NBC puts on such a phenomenal show. Yeah, they do have the best production anywhere. Like until Al Michaels retires, and then. But it'll be Mike Tirico. I, it's, it'll lo- believe me. It will lose something, but I don't think it's going to lose as much as we're afraid it will. I, I I I just don't know how you replace Al Michaels. You don't, but it's a good first step, right? Um, I don't know. I, I always thought that Tirico was too much of a golf commentator. He was he was good on. Well, the problem was when he was on Monday Night Football, he was overshadowed by John Gruden. Yeah. That's not going to happen with Chris Collinsworth. They work well together because they worked some yeah, games last yeah. year, and I really enjoyed listening to them on those games they did together. Speaking of Monday Night Football, they're bringing back Hank Williams Jr. Are they really? Yeah, because... Because they can't compete with Carrie Underwood. I'm, but, like, we were doing just fine without him. Eh, whatever. I don't... Make... Now, if they could reanimate his father and bring him on... That'd be great. Um... But so thinking about this whole Sunday night football thing, I realize that whatever one o'clock game is on, if it's not the Packers, I don't feel compelled to watch it. Whatever the national game is, uh, the four, you know, the four twenty-five on CBS yeah. or Fox, I don't feel compelled to watch it unless you know it's the Packers or like a really good matchup. If it, you know, let's say uh, Patriots Steelers or, uh, but then that's never you know the best matchups are never the four p.m. matchup, right? Even, yeah, because even though goes, they call that the game of the week, right? You know, um, the game of the week is Sunday night football, right? Yeah, it's like I'm always looking forward to that. Like we could have our one o'clock games could be, uh, you know, Detroit against Atlanta, which yeah. would be you know two contenders. Detroit, they are a contender. They make the playoffs. They're a contender. Uh, you know, the CBS game could be at one o'clock could be Steelers Patriots, and a four twenty five game could be. Uh, Dallas against the Giants, and the Sunday night football game could be Bears-Vikings, and I'd still be looking forward to Bears-Vikings more than any of those games because yeah. of the production value of, of Sunday night football. And so I was trying to think about other sports. Now, the NHL suffers because they only have one carrier. Yeah. And that's NBC, which is great because NBC does a phenomenal job with all of their sports coverage. Yeah. Uh, you know, NFL, NHL, the Olympics. Yeah. Um, but, like, in baseball... Like ESPN Sunday Night Baseball is not that great of a production. No, and well, a lot of people forget that Sunday Night Baseball is a thing. Yeah, <coughs> because you know there are three hundred games each day. Right. Pretty sure that might be a slight exaggeration. He's counting little league, high oh, school, well. <laughs> and so why don't you just back off, guy? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I forgot to take Pee Wee into account. Uh, your your Pee Wee T-ball games. Televised on national uh, television. Hey, if you got ESPN, yeah, yo, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you got all the ESPN channels, I'm sure there's 300 little league games a day. 
Look, there are seven oh. ESPN U channels. <laughs> I can't. I I can't understand. Like I have seen little league games televised, and I'm like, if my kid's not playing, yeah. I have zero interest right. in this. I cannot imagine. But Eric, more than eighteen people on each team watching this, because I'm imagining both parents for every kid on on field, right. and still I can't I, imagine why you would televise it. Eric, I will there's, say there's. There's uh, literally no other sports happening at that time of year. You've got baseball and Little League baseball, and that's it. I, I will say, if a, if a team from Toledo made it all the way to the Little League World Series... Oh, they won't. But if... <laughs> it, you know, like, But no. Look, I'm, I'm all for doing hypotheticals, team, but... Just, <laughs> if a local team made it, I would probably watch them in the championship game. I guess. Because odds are, I know someone... Who's who's invested in it? Who's closely related to one of those kids? You know. Yeah, I reckon. I know a guy who knows a guy. I always know a guy. I have had this ridiculous streak lately of any time I set foot in a restaurant or store, somebody comes up and hey, how's it going? Happened to me when we went out to get Taco Bell. Taco Bell of all places. Quick solution to that: don't step into any restaurants or stores. That's true. I could I could do that, but I won't. Um. Anyway, so back, to, yeah, ESPN like their their Sunday night baseball coverage. I'm not, I've never been blown away by it. It's the only thing going on at that time of day. Well, the thing is, baseball coverage is not about excitement, right? But still, you could do something to try to draw on a crowd, and they're not. Um, Get Hank Williams Jr. Bingo. Um, so the uh, the other one, basketball. To me, ABC's presentation of basketball is head and shoulders above. ESPN or TNT or whoever else. I like TNT's presentation. I like it, but I think ABC's is so much better. And it might be because they always get the finals. Well, which one is, uh, does Kenny Albert do any of them? TNT. That I think that's why I like TNT. Because I do like Kenny Albert as a basketball announcer. Not as a hockey announcer. No. So, tell him to stay away from hockey. Um, yeah, because he, he was the B team for NBC this year. He was the B player. Oh, play. that's right. That's right. I for, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, because I had asked you. I was like, because uh, I asked if Marv Albert was doing, <laughs> I asked no. if Marv Albert was doing hockey, and you're like, no. And I'm like, it's 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 got to be Marv Albert. And I'm like, nope, it's his son. And he scores. Totally, yeah, totally forgot about Kenny Albert. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he does work for TNT. Uh, I'm not. I'm not 100% sure on that. If that is the case, that's why I like it. Yeah. Um, but no, I. Um, oh my God! Stop doing Zoom. Uh, I pr- I prefer the ABC presentation, which is funny because I hate most things about ABC. Yeah. Well. Um, but yeah, none of them, even even at their best, none of them are as good as Sunday Night Football. Right. Um, and I, it's when I like I said I had those YouTube videos on while I was doing stuff. I did find myself looking over more when I heard Al Michaels or Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, and we we used to make fun of Chris Collinsworth. We would Tom and I and uh, my friend Mark who lives down in Louisiana, David and our cousin Matt. We would all watch Sunday Night Football not ever, not ever together, but we'd all watch it and we'd be on Facebook and one of us would post something about something Chris Collinsworth said and that would be our thread for the entire night. Just smack talking Chris Collinsworth, and this was what probably about seven years ago. Yeah, we, he said silly things. He did. It was terrible. But he's, he still says silly things. But it's not as bad or right. as frequent. 
but it, it used to be terrible. And uh, it, it kind of died off a few years ago because we all started to like him and respect him a little bit more. Uh, and he d- he does a phenomenal job now. But I guess working with L. Michaels for that long, you're going to get your shit together. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll replace you with right. somebody who can do the job. They'll reanimate John Madden. Um, There's a bit of reanimation that would need to be done. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just wonder what, wondering why you didn't go with reanimate Pat Summerall. That would be amazing. But Pat Summerall and L. Michaels do the same job. so I don't think anyone would care. <laughs> I do miss Pat Summerall. Man. We we've gotten to hear some great announcers. Yep. Uh, we are too young for Howard Cosell, but we've had we've definitely had some great ones. Man, I I am convinced that this is Al Michaels' last year, though. You think so? Well, NBC has the Super Bowl this year. Ah. Uh, and they have Mike Tirico waiting in the wings. So this is it's either this is his last year or three years from now is his last year. Yeah, I I anticipate him going out uh going out on a Super Bowl. Um. They've they've already started the process. The Thursday night games that NBC carries, yeah, will be Tarico and Collinsworth, not Michaels. Did you see Twitter did not renew Thursday night football contract? They will not be carrying. No, Amazon is. Oh, Amazon Prime is carrying it. I I did though. I saw that Twitter will be broadcasting five at least five AFL games. Yeah. Um, Except that the AFL is now only five five teams. teams yeah. Sad state. Oh, Al Michaels is 72 years old. He'll be 73 midway through this season. Oh, so he's still a young man. Uh, no. No, he's not. Haven't you heard 73 is the new 27 or something? If you count you just saying it now, I've heard it once. Well, get ready to hear it some more. Okay, I'll get ready. I mean, really, all, all, all he has to do is he's sitting and talking. Isn't that what old men do anyway? Sit and talk about things. You're about to break into country song. No, I I haven't got my steel string guitar. Why the hell not? Either of you know what Al is short for? Alvin. Albert. Alan. Son of a gun. <laughs> this close. <laughs> if we had a few more guesses, we would have gotten there. Yep. I was only off by every single letter except. I was going to go with Al. Alvira next. Was going to be my next one, but uh, yeah, Alan would have been there eventually. Yeah, yeah. Alan Richard Michaels. So, but yep. and I, there you have it. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> All this because I miss Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Um, I so when the uh, when the NFL contracts come up, I'm terrified that another company is going to outbid NBC. Well, it won't be ESPN because they can't afford to keep any uh, crew members. Yeah, they just fired John Clayton. Uh, this was kind of a yeah. late announcement on the layoffs. But Mel Kuyper's still there. That's because they only have to pay him one day a year. Keep Kuyper, keep McShay, keep... Um... Oh, maybe they're they're paying these people by uh, size of head in cubic inches. Could be. And that's why they had to get rid of Clayton. Oh, did you see uh, John Clayton's tweet, I'm keeping the ponytail? <laughs> oh, God. That is one of the greatest This Is Sports Center sketches ever. Oh. Yeah, he tweeted out, I'm keeping the ponytail. Oh, absolutely love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss him. He's, he is still working for an ESPN affiliate out in Seattle. He's still got yeah, his radio show. Yeah, he's got a daily show. radio show. Yeah. Which you might be able to get on the ESPN radio app. Possibly. But why would you do that when you can just listen to us? 
Um, we should be the only place people go for sports coverage. Because it's a daily show and we're a weekly show? Whatever. They can go the other six days without. Okay, we can't go the other six days without sports. How are they going to be expected to? Because we'll give them all the information by watching sports the other six days. But what if it's breaking news? Like, I'm not saying they can't, you know, watch sports on television or listen to sports on the radio. I'm just saying don't listen to other sports shows. But you listen to other sports shows. Actually, not so much anymore. Since I don't have to get up and take my kids to school in the morning, I don't listen to Mike and Mike anymore. Oh, well, then. And I gave up listening to Dan Levitard because it just makes me angry. I don't know why you were doing that in the first place. Makes my blood boil. That's a bad thing. Yeah. That's why you can't go into space without a spacesuit because your blood will boil, literally boil. So watching a show that does that is not good for you. Well, that's why I stopped. Is that part of your diet? Yeah, sure. No what? carbs, no levitards? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's diet should be no levitards. Oh, man. I wonder what stupid thing he's talking about right now. Oh, I don't know. It's probably not sports-related. Uh, it probably has some sort of nominal connection to a sport. 80% of his coverage, non-sports. Whereas here at Ballpark Bros, it's only 40% non-sports. That's right. And we usually wait to get to the non-sports until everyone has tuned out. Right, right. Well, everyone but Victor and Alicia. Right, yeah. But they're listening specifically for the non-sports. Yeah. I wanted to go do some sports with Victor this week because I'm going to be in Pittsburgh, but I can't. I can't take an extra vacation day to stay for a Pirates game. So, kind of a bummer there. Um, oh, as uh, those who follow us on the Facebook know, David was up in Toronto uh, over the Memorial Day weekend. And uh, he got to go to three Blue Jays games uh, when they played against the Rangers. Um, he couldn't be here today to talk about the stadium, but he loved it. So, there you go. <laughs> There's our ballpark of the week. David <laughs> loves the Rogers Center. There you go. The Rogers Center equals good. Yes. Your in-depth reporting from the Ballpark Bros. Yep. Ballpark of the Week. Check that off. Got it. Um, speaking of baseball. Wait, who? Baseball, Tom. Oh, sticky sport. What? You hit Tom the thing just stroked out. You hit the wrong, thing Wrong kind of stick. sticky, I think you're thinking. Tom just stroked out right on air. Any hoozle. We had our first no-hitter of the year, didn't we, Eric? Yep. You know what? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yes, yes, we did have the first no hitter of uh, 2017. It was uh, it was it was it was a good game. Yeah. Edinson um, Volquez against Eric's Diamondbacks. Yes, and uh, you know, to be fair, you know, it, it's one of those things. As a fan of the game, I love seeing a no hitter. I just really wish it wasn't against my team. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I think it was last year when Cole Hamels threw the no hitter. Is it Cole Hamels? Phillies, probably. Yeah. Uh, the year he got traded, right before the All-Star break, he threw a no-hitter against the Cubs. I loved watching that no-hitter, but I was so, like, I'm swearing at my team the whole time. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Like, what Don't is Don't let wrong? this guy get the no-hitter. Yeah. Especially because this guy isn't um, a big name. It's not somebody who you expect to go out there and throw like that. He had seven losses going into that game. That uh, has more to do with Miami's win. offense than it true, does true. him. I, I, I will point out that... Uh, Edinson Volquez is a former Ray Searidge Rehabilitation Project. Is he? Yep. 
And then also add to the fact that he nearly broke his ankle on the first play of the game. He ran into the runner at first base covering on a uh, ground ball that just barely made it past the first base bag. The first baseman went and got it, tossed it to him covering first base, and then he crossed the bag instead of just going to the bag. He crossed the bag at the same time as the runner and collided. And uh, when he landed, he twisted his ankle right good, and it looked for a moment there like he was going to be pulled from the game after that first batter but he got the out and instead (laughs) yeah he did get the out and then he got 26 more (laughs) after that um he didn't throw a perfect game he did have two walks in that game but he faced the minimum number of batters because both of those walks ended up getting taken out on double plays so yeah he faced 27 batters got 27 outs and uh, we couldn't do a dang thing and it was what really stunk is I, i wish their offense had exploded like I, if if Miami was up by seven or something like that, I'd be like, you know what, fine. You right, know, no we weren't going to win anyway. We were down one nothing until the eighth. Right, <laughs> it's like ugh, one hit yeah. could tie this game, and uh, it was just very very frustrating every time we would go up there. And it, I almost wish that they'd been up like by like two or three. Because I feel like we may have had a better approach at the plate had they been up by two or three instead of one. I feel like every batter that went up there had the mindset of, I'm going to tie this game right now. And so they took these big swings, and he was just locating his pitches so well that those big swings were doing nothing. Yeah. If they had just tried for contact, I think we would have gotten a couple of base runners, and then we we could have made something happen. But everybody was going up there just trying to get that one big hit, I think, and uh, it just didn't it just didn't happen for yeah. us. Uh, Volquez is on the season, so he leads the he leads the NL in losses with seven. Uh, he has a WHIP of one point three eight, which is pretty terrible. Um, uh, opposing hitters are hitting two thirty five against him, and he has fifty seven strikeouts on the season. Yeah. He's not lighting the world on fire. Two of those were in that yeah. game. <laughs> He's not lighting the world on fire, but sometimes guys just have a day where they are on. And he was. Yeah, he. I will admit that he was getting a little bit of help from the umpire. I'm not complaining about it because the, the umpire just had a wide strike zone. He went into that game averaging, I think, five walks per nine innings, and he only gave up two. And that's a lot of that has to do with a lot of inside and outside pitches being called strikes. But the umpire was consistent for the most part. Right. We, we, we were getting those pitches also, so I'm not going to complain about it. It's just the way the umpire right. happened to be. A- but an umpire with a tighter strike zone... It, would have been more walks because there were a lot of borderline pitches that that went to the pitcher in this game for both pitchers. Right. Well, but then he would they just would have had three or four more double plays. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably the way they were playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what would have happened. But um, yeah, like I said, he would have gotten maybe just a little bit of help there. Um, but again, we got that same. You know, our guy was getting those pitches too. So I'm not right. complaining about it. I'm just saying that may have helped a little bit because. Uh, you know, he did have a high walk rate going yeah. into that game. Uh, fun fact about uh, no hitters and perfect games. If a perfect game is facing 27, sitting them all down. Mm-hmm. If a pitcher gets a guy to pop up into foul territory and the fielder commits an error, but the pitcher gets the batter out anyway, like strikes him out on the next pitch and goes on to throw, goes on to set down everyone else, mm-hmm. still not a perfect game because but- the error in foul territory, negates a perfect game. Because a perfect game is not actually a pitcher stat. So they're, they're saying no hits, no runs, no errors, no walks. Yep. That's, okay. I didn't know that no errors. I, I assumed... An error turns it into a no-hitter, not a perfect game. And that fielder 
would uh, be shunned. Yes. They would be sitting in the corner of the bus back by the bathroom by themselves. Yep. Uh, even if the pl- even if the rest of the team's on a plane. They're sitting on a bus in the <laughs> corner by the bathroom by yes. themselves. <laughs> They'll send one person who had just eaten some bad chili fries to go with them. <laughs> so when I was looking up the stats for Volquez, uh, did you know Jeff Samarja is 1-7 on the season with a 463 ERA? Not surprising. He should have gone with football. Could have made more money. I actually don't know about that. He would have been a star tight end. I don't know about that. Um, Instead, he he actually made the better decision to play baseball and not destroy his body. That's true. Um, so look at since I'm already on the stat page, um, Dallas Keuchel still without a loss on the season, nine and zero with a one six seven ERA, point uh, eight seven WHIP. Um, when we use these terms, uh, for those who don't know, uh, WHIP. That's the it's the uh, average number of walks and hits by a pitcher. It's so it would be hits plus walks allowed divided by uh, the number of innings that the pitcher has pitched. So uh, the lower the better on the whip, obviously. Uh, and batters are hitting only 183 against Keuchel this year. Um, huge part of why Houston is doing so <laughs> yeah. well right now. Um, and uh, you know when it, then when you look at Houston uh, a little bit further down the list. Uh, Lance McCullers only has one loss on the year. So it's all starting right there on the mound uh, for them. Um, they are, like, I picked them to do well, but at 41 and 16, even though I picked them to win the West, they are still, like, the surprise team of the first half of the year for me. Yeah. Like, I expected, I don't know, like, 30 and 25, not 41 and 16, you know? So they kind of my surprise team. Um, and Colorado out in the NL, I think they're they're also they have to be considered a surprise team right now. Um, I guess Milwaukee, you could also maybe talk about a little bit being thirty and twenty seven and leading the Cubs and Cardinals. Yeah, um, especially because they shouldn't be that good. <laughs> they should not be allowed to be that good because <laughs> it's not their turn. Yes. Um, the uh, the Cubs swept the Cardinals over the weekend, and. Hold on to your butts, everybody. John Lester picked a guy off at first. Why would he do that? Don't you think he does that enough? <laughs> yes, he does it far too much. Um, no, the, and it was funny. So the Cardinals broadcasters, like twice, Lester stepped off and held the ball up like he was going to throw, and he didn't throw. Two times in a row. Right before the third time, the the Cardinals announcer says something to the effect of, you know, he's just trying he's just trying to get in Fam's head. He's not really gonna do it, you know, he doesn't throw to first. <laughs> this is just this is just him trying you know, trying to trying to mess with Fam or whatever, something like that. And then and then Lester just lofts it over to first and Anthony Rizzo tags him out. And uh they were I'm trying to remember what he said. I believe he said something to the effect of it's worth it. That's what the Cardinals announcer <laughs> said. What to to keep acting like you're gonna throw and then actually do throw? Okay, okay. McCarver says uh, that's a trick. He's not gonna throw to first base. That was what he said right before Lester yeah. throws him out. And then afterwards, McCarver says that's all right. It's worth it. What being wrong is worth it. How is it worth it? You're you were out. How is that worth anything? The only time an out is worth something more than an out is when it's a sack fly or sack bunt. Um, maybe because they weren't set up for the double play anymore. I don't know. 
I don't know, but it was it was apparently worth it. Um, they uh, like I'm not trying to pick on the Cardinals, although Tom and I like to do that, but because they stink. Um, I'm sorry, because they stink. A little sorry, bit I wasn't near the mic. A little bit later in the game, Cubs had the bases loaded, and um, they were talking about Kyle Schwarber, and he hit he hits the grand slam. They didn't say anything for a full 52 seconds. Were you timing it? No, there's somebody else did. Oh, I saw it on Twitter. Um, I don't. I really thought the Cardinals were going to be a lot better this year. They're two games under right now. Uh, that actually might be more shocking than how good the Astros and Rockies have been. Is the Cardinals having a losing record at this point of the year? See, but I predict that every year. So, <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of uh, grand slams, yes, Mister Albert Pujols knocked a dinger into the uh, bleachers in left field of the Grand Slam variety for his 600th home run. Yes. Wouldn't it have been even more grander if he does that again for his 1,000th home run, if he's playing long enough to do that? Wouldn't that be great to have a Grand Slam for your grand dinger? Well, considering that the record is 700 and something. And he's 37. And your point is? I don't think he's going to achieve that. Uh, think about how uh, how long he's been playing. It's uh, it's seven hundred sixty two, by the way. And then uh, and then you add to that the number of years it took him to just get to four hundred, on top of the number of years it took to get to six hundred. Also deterioration over time. Yeah. Well, we're, I mean, if you just assume that he is an ageless wonder, right? Uh, he'll be playing until he's sixty before he gets that one uh, thousandth home run. Yeah. Uh, he becomes the only active member of the 600 Club. Yep. Uh, joining Sammy Sosa, Jim Tomey, Ken Griffey Jr., Willie Mays, Alex Rodriguez, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and home run king Barry Bonds. I'm gonna make Ex- I'm gonna make so many people so angry. Just give it time. If 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 Albert Pujols <laughs> does one thing for the for the people of baseball, it will be to play long enough <laughs> to hit 763 home runs. You just need to trade him to Colorado. Then he'll have plenty of opportunity. It's true. Um, I remember when we were kids, uh, everybody always thought it was going to be Griffey. Yeah. We we all thought it was going to be Griffey to, to break the record, and then the injuries came. Yeah, and then, I was and, about to say, you'd have to stay healthy yeah, long enough yep. to, to break and, the record, and that's And the then he didn't use performance enhancers. Yeah. What what the hell? Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. should have used steroids. You <laughs> Whoa, I don't know about that. That's what Tom just said. Oh, well, I don't know about that. What Tom just said. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> I would never you, say you, you that. You implied it, and we were meant to infer it. No, you inferred it. That's what I just said. After you implied it. There were no implications. Implied, Lisa, or implode? <laughs> um, yeah, we, we always thought it was going to be Griffey, and then... He had to be a wimp and not inject steroids into his body. Mm-hmm. This is a sarcastic part of the show for those not <laughs> aware. Yes, drugs are bad. Um, drugs are bad, okay. However, to be completely honest, I don't care that Barry Bonds did steroids. I just don't. I care that he was doing them when he broke the record. I mean, if we're going to have records, I do think there should be an asterisk. Meh. If they're going to put an asterisk uh, after after... 61 because he had two more games to do it in then we need one then we need one for uh when they didn't allow black people in baseball we need one for when they doctored the balls we need one for when uh the mound was higher we need 
But they so, do have all that because they they call it. They say this this is the best stat in the dead ball era or in the live ball era or in the this era. Or yeah, that but era, with home with home run records, they're not differentiating from when that stuff was the total home runs. There's nothing here telling me when those happened in their official stat books. Nothing says you know this was this was before what well, total desegregation total home runs. Uh, fine because that's over a career and and some of these careers spanned different eras of baseball but for the single season type records i think they should have all the uh all the little asterisks and wingdings up in the so you say there should be one after his 73 home run season but not after his home run total yeah because his home run total was uh based on his entire career when he was and wasn't using his numbers are deflated from his time where he was just a scrawny guy well I don't know. I'm not in the because I mean because then for years Babe Ruth and Roger Maris's home run records because they played before desegregation. They don't have an asterisk next to them. I feel they should. I feel we should uh, demarcate our eras better. But here's well, but here's the thing: uh, casual fans don't care. People that are really in depth to in depth with it, like we are, you know, and like you know, like Mason would be if he was here. We already know what those eras are, so we it doesn't really matter. Like, I know, why do and we... Mason probably knows what all the records for those eras would be. <laughs> but actually, so as much as he is into baseball, he has confessed to me that he is not a great baseball historian. Tisk tisk. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, if you're, I'm not into the whole, you know. I just I think that I I, I would like to know all those different you know records because right now you have to dig to find a record about uh you know who had the most home runs in such and such era or you have to go and count yourself and like you know there's no set beginning or end to to the dead ball era you know you don't know exactly when it began or ended okay should we have footnotes in the nfl uh for peyton manning breaking the single season touchdown record because of the defensive back rules where they're not allowed to touch receivers is Dan Marino's 48 still more impressive than Peyton Manning's 51? Uh, no. It's the same It's the same thing. They changed the rules so that defensive backs can't touch receivers now. They used to be able to maul receivers back in 1984. So I think that says more about the receivers than it does about the quarterback. It's this, But it's the, it's the same thing. It's a different era of football. I don't... The rule changes in baseball, uh, I think, have more of an effect on... Like the the game as a whole, than the the rule changes in football. I just dis, I disagree with that. I I mean there has been there like has I been know a that this noticeable is, uptick in touchdown passes. This is the era of the quarterback, yes. Um, but I don't think that occurred because of the rule changes. I think it occurred because of uh, how the college game was being played. I I wholeheartedly believe it it came about not solely because of these, but. Uh, a great deal of it has to do with the rule changes. Uh, a great deal of it. Uh, I mean, yes, we do have some phenomenal talents in the game right now. You know, we've never had a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers before. You know, however, uh, when you have a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing for thirty touchdowns two years ago, it's got a lot to do with the rules of the game. <coughs> I guess, but uh, it, I just don't know if if that one rule is solely responsible for everything well but it's not one rule it's it's the they can't hit him after five yards uh you know arm barring isn't allowed anymore uh the defensive the defenseless receiver rules 
have completely changed things because players uh, players can go across the middle without fear of getting their head knocked off. So that's inflating the the yardage stats from what they would have been. So I I think it has affected it greatly, and I th- I think it's a very similar situation to what we're discussing with the baseball. We're in a different era, so if we're if we're gonna uh, if we're gonna use footnotes to tell us what era we were in then for baseball, I think we need to use it for football as well. I think if you can if we can clearly mark where the era began when the first rule change started back in what oh. Six or whenever they put the five yard rule in, I don't remember when it was. See, I don't ever remember that not being a rule. So, yeah, I. But, but yeah, uh, if if you can come up with a with a clear date for for the beginning and end of of eras, yeah. I think we should keep stats on them. And then you know, well, and then with and then, like we can still keep those overall records, but we should still be able to find records from other eras. Right. But then we're oh, so we're. We're then talking about we'll, we'll 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 then have debates like like I said is Marino's forty eight more impressive than what what is Manning's record is it four fifty four oh uh, fiddle faddle um anyway is is Marino's record of forty eight more impressive because defensive backs had more uh you know more leniency as far as you know penalties and well and that's you know who doesn't like uh having more things to debate. Uh, it is fifty five in two thousand thirteen. See, and and there's another question: is uh, you know, is having seven more touchdowns, you know, more impressive than say having had two more touchdowns? You know, does that make it a more impressive record than just having broken the record? Oh, well, it gets more impressive, uh, especially when you're you're playing the same amount of games. You you play sixteen games. It does a record does get more impressive the bigger the gap gets between your new record and the old record. It's, right. Um, you know, and it, it... So, you know, say uh, say the record before had been 37, and then Peyton Manning goes out with these new rules and throws 55. Yes, that is a more impressive record, bar none. But the closer you get, you know, you go up to 48, you can actively question whether or not Peyton Manning could have done it in that era. And I know people don't like to say, well, you know... If they played in this era, they wouldn't have been as good. But that's a debate that you can have. Right. I get it. But how, I just... how would player X have fared in player Y's era? I guess. I just, I don't know. I don't think we need to dissect it that far, I guess. I just, I'm fine with the sports arguments we already have. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> these ones have become boring. <laughs> I've done these ones. So, yeah, I, I think we have enough sports arguments where where we are now. Um, <laughs> I would argue that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but is that a sports argument or an argument argument? I don't know. Let's argue about it some. I say it's a sports argument. I think it's an argument argument. Uh, see, I disagree. Uh, Tom, I'm going to have to disagree with you both <laughs> and say it's a stupid argument. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not debating that. <laughs> arguments can be in many categories. That's true. It could be a sports argument argument. I say it's a stupid sports argument. <laughs> oh, boy. So, as with most arguments and debates and whatnot, neither one of us changed the other one's mind, and we both just dug in our heels. Yep. Debating doesn't work. And that was and that was a debate. That was not an argument. That was a debate. Yes, it was. Which? You jackass. Oh, now it's an argument. Shoot. I'm sorry. It might have even been as tame as a conversation. Ooh. 
Well, yeah, well, and you know, it. I don't know that uh, arguments on the radio are ever meant to change, you know, the arguers' minds or or debaters' minds, but they're more about changing the minds of the audience. Well, after that go around, I have to say you are a master debater. Thank you. But no, yeah, it's and it, there have been there have been times I will admit on this show uh, where we have all agreed on something. Yeah, and I've taken another point of view just so that it's not boring. <laughs> because I I can't imagine it's a good time for everybody out there where I'm like I think this, and you and Dave are like, yup, yup, that can't be entertaining for anybody. Nobody wants to listen to a moron and two parrots for two hours. Oh, hang on. Can we get another show, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need to buy some parrots. Coming on, coming soon on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. <laughs> moron and his parrots. <laughs> yep, it sure is. I don't, I don't know why my parrot sounded like a chicken. It really did. <laughs> Wait, did we get Phil Sims in the studio? Ooh. He's not doing anything these days. Oh, that's right. Made a joke about a man losing his job. He's not. Lo- he's he got another job though. Yeah, they put him in studio, which seems like a mistake. Oh, it's fine with me because I don't watch the pre-show. Yeah, neither do I. Oh, um, I get to the bar at one p.m. So I know that we have discussed it, but I don't know that we said anything on air about. Oh yeah, we have about our plan to possibly record during Sunday night football. Yeah, uh, during the football season. I um, have my doubts about how well it'll work. I think we'll be all but right. But I'm willing to try. I think we'll be all right. The downside of that is, because I'm kind of conflicted about it, like I said about looking forward to it every week, we won't be able to devote our attention to Sunday Night Football. Yeah. And so we'll miss out on, on it a little bit. But um, I'm just worried about ambient noise. Meh. We've been fine so far. You could ask our listeners, but nobody listens to our uh, After Dark shows. That's not me whining for attention. It's a fact. Yeah, also, I'm whining for attention. Honestly, they're not as good as our normal show. The first one was not. The second one, pure comedy gold. But it wasn't a sports show anymore. That's true. It devolved into something worse. I think it was a noise show. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we got our show we're doing today. We will have a show next week. And then that will be it for about three weeks. Yep. I will be in the magical faraway land of Arizona, uh, where Eric just returned from. From where Eric just returned from? I know. From. I got a little far into the sentence, and I'm like, nope, <laughs> screwed that up. From where Eric just now, returned at? Now <laughs> I'm committed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I spent a, spent a week out in the heat of Arizona. Got to... Uh, See quite a few people, didn't get to see everybody we missed out there, but uh, still had a good time. Got to go to Phoenix Comic Con for a couple of days, which was amazing, so good times. Didn't get shot when I went to Phoenix Comic Con, so that was good news. That's because you weren't the Green Ranger. That's right. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> for those of you not up on the news in Phoenix, uh, a gunman tried it not didn't try to get in got into Phoenix Comic Con and was wandering around the convention center for a couple hours with a uh, with he had three loaded handguns a loaded shotgun two knives throwing stars pepper spray and was wearing body armor and uh, he was caught about twelve thirty and subdued and removed without incident um, he had a reminder in his phone he had used Siri to remind yes. him 
to kill JDF at 3 p.m. Uh, JDF being Jason David Frank, the original Green Power Ranger who was appearing at Phoenix Comic Con Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. How bad so, of a murderer are you that you need a <laughs> reminder? Like, I'm I'm standing here. I've got all these guns. I've got my knives. got the pepper spray. Supposed to do what? something <laughs> today. Son of a... Siri. <laughs> What's on my agenda today? What? What was it? <laughs> so, like, uh, so, but I do like to use that uh, as part of my anti-Apple campaign. Uh, murderers use Apple, so um, if you're an Apple user, only murderers. You, you might be just be a murderer. Uh, no, yeah, it was a little crazy. I, I was there when it happened. I wasn't in the same building in which it happened. I was actually across the street enjoying a burger and a beer at the moment that it went down. I started getting alerts on my phone as people I knew were messaging each other saying, Trying awfully hard to establish an alibi there, Eric. (laughs) I swear, I swear. They already caught the guy. Siri, delete my reminders. Yeah, Uh, but what about any accomplices? If you need an accomplice to, uh, to take out the Green Ranger. The man's a Power Ranger, Tom! Not just the Green Ranger, because he was also... The White Ranger, yeah, the Red he, Ranger, yeah, the Black I mean, Ranger. I mean, he he became some other Rangers at some point. I, I know that. But he was originally the Green Ranger. Yes. We are not the correct show for this information. I know. If you want to hear more about Rangers in general, check out the Ranger Command Power Hour right here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network. Did they discuss that? I, I don't know that they've had an episode since that happened. Okay. So I'm actually... Actually, that's, I need to reach out to him and see if he'd like me to... Uh, record a little bit since I was physically there when it went down. Since you were an accomplice. <laughs> I would like to present his side of the story. JDF <laughs> uh, is is a bit of a jerk sometimes. So, you know, maybe, just maybe. <laughs> um, I've heard that he's a very polarizing figure within the Power Ranger community. Um, I don't know why that is because I don't follow it enough to know that, but I have heard that. Um, you don't often see him appearing with the others from the original cast. You'll see you know, three or four of the other original cast members at one convention, and JDF will be somewhere else, and vice versa. That's because he's better than them, because, <laughs> because he's, he's the, the Green goddamn Ranger. Green Ranger. And he had a flute knife. Yes, he did. Didn't he have like more, like he had fancier stuff on Yeah, his? he had a gold vest. Yeah, like didn't, yeah. It wasn't a vest, it was shoulder or, pads. Yeah, shoulder pads, sorry. <laughs> it was the 80s. It's after been all. a while. Was it, was it no, it was the 90s. What were those shoulder pads? Because <laughs> no, because the Japanese production was the eighties. Ah, gotcha. And when was Voltron out? Since we all know it was just a rip off of Voltron, except better. Yes, Voltron was better. I agree. No, <laughs> the rip off was said. better. Voltron was better. Yes, I agree. The rip off. We've established. We've established that Voltron is the best. So that's why they had to. Uh... I'm going to stay off sports for a minute, but I'm going to change <laughs> gears. But why? We're having a debate. I just saw that Leah Remini is trending. Apparently, she's joining Kevin James on that CBS show, Kevin Can Wait. And apparently, the actress that plays Kevin James' wife on this show is now leaving the show. So it's just King of Queens. It is, yes. (laughs) And Patton Oswalt will be back as his best friend. Man. And, uh, oh, God, what's his name? I never watched enough of that show to know anybody but... Kevin Jerry. James and Leah, Leah Remini. Jerry Remini. Jerry Stiller. Yes, Jerry Stiller. We'll be back. Oh yeah, Play, yeah. yeah I remember played he was her dad. There. I remember. I remember he was in there. Yeah. Um, I never really enjoyed that show. It had its moments. Yeah. Uh, I did not care for the last uh, season or two, and especially their finale. Spoilers for a show that went off the air like three years ago. 
longer than that, sitcoms, like seven years ago. Sitcoms like that get finales. Yes. They don't just get canceled. Um, oh, spoilers for that. They tried to play it off like they were going to get a divorce in the final season. Like that's how the show was going to end. They were going to split up. Which, if I had to put up with Kevin James's antics for seven seasons, I'd have left his ass too. But, you know. Kevin James is a delightful person, maybe? I don't know. Oh, I assume he probably is. He actually does strike me as a guy I'd like to go to a game with and, you know, go and root for, I suppose, a New York team, because I assume that's that part of the persona of his character was based on his real life. He's, he just strikes me as a Jets fan. Nobody should strike you as a Jets fan. But I mean, don't you, sometimes can't you look at somebody and they're not wearing any apparel and you're like, I can narrow you down to like three teams. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I can meet a guy, talk to him for five minutes and be like, you're either a Raiders, Patriots, or Cowboys fan. And I'm right, like 98% of the time. Well, when people are idiots in front of you, it's very easy to guess, so. <laughs> like when I meet someone very intellectual and I think, man, this person is very smart, I bet they're a Diamondbacks fan. Like, there's uh, there's this one douchebag at the bar. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Oh, <laughs> uh, There's this guy, I, I, he and I, just, we just do not get along. The first time I ever met him, I thought to myself, this guy's probably a Patriots fan. <laughs> he, he is, yes. He leaves the bar, and I turned to somebody else. I said, uh, so to be clear, he never actually said it, but he's a Pats fan, right? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, ever since they won their second Super Bowl. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he's a Pats fan and a bandwagon fan. Yeah, sometimes you can just tell. Oh, man, we had terrible numbers for our last show. Holy smokes. Eric just posted our numbers. We only had 202 listeners. Once you get back into a consistent swing, right. I think you'll see things uh, come back around right. a bit. But uh, and then we'll yeah, go, sometimes you when know, you have a month without a show, again. yeah, and again, yeah, yeah, and again, we apologize for not being able to do regular shows. But you know, we're in we're in that time of year where you know people are having graduations and weddings and all sorts of stuff and vacations come up and and Michael can't just drop his kids off and go do whatever he wants. Yeah, well, with my well, daughter's surgery and everything, it's kind of hard to just drop them off for that. They like parents to be there. Oh, pish posh. Um, Why you're not having surgery? So. What the heck? Gosh. But, Seems kind of willy-nilly to me. Right. Maybe we can do a sort of abbreviated show while I'm gone and call in for like half an hour or something like that. We can do a quick around the sports world thing. Okay, but only if it's Skype. I'm not going to have you on a telephone propped up next to a microphone. <laughs> yeah, that didn't really work that, out. We don't have to do that ever yeah. again because we've we've decided that if we have a call-in guest again down here, what I'll do is I'll pay the three bucks for the month to have calling from Skype, <laughs> and then I will be able to dial a phone number from Skype and have it connected that way Ah, well. because I am set to uh, record from Skype down here. So. Right. Ah. So that would be a lot easier than trying to do it with the phone because we tried to hook it up, like actually wired through, but it just did not want to work properly. So we ended up with the yeah with the speaker of the phone pointed at a microphone and yeah, when we us had, just hollering at it. Yeah, when we had Mike uh, call in after he went to the World Series game, we tried well, we tried probably two or three different ways and couldn't wound up what we couldn't hear him was our biggest issue with the one way, and so we'll figure something out. Maybe we can do. Of course, uh, for me, that'll be. I'll have to get up at like 7 a.m. to call in and be on with you guys. So. I'm usually up at 7 a.m. anyway. Maybe we'll do it one out of the three weeks that I'll be touring the globe. 
Yeah, so my vacation, um, it's a it, it's a baseball thing for me. I'm going to go to Chase Field. I'm going to go to Dodger Stadium and uh, probably either, I have not decided yet, Angel Stadium or Petco Park. So Petco I've been to. Angels I have not. Yeah. Dodger Stadium I have not been to. All that time living out there and I never got to any of the California stadiums other than Petco that well, one time. Well, I mean, it's the closest one is a six and a half hour drive from you in yeah. Phoenix, so... <clears throat> Been to California many times on right. on various vacations and stuff. It's just that that was the one time that we actually went when it was convenient to actually go see a baseball game. Yeah, and we so we went and saw the Padres play, and it was it was nice. We got to see um, uh, what's his name, the closer they had for a while there, Closey McGee. Yeah, yeah, we got to see Closey McGee close a game. Trevor Hoffman, that's wait, the one. Close, <laughs> you you were close. It's right there, right there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they were even giving out T-shirts that day. It was his, you like his number and name on the back, but it was a T-shirt. It was a long sleeve T-shirt, which I was like, "What?" It was a jersey, <laughs> but a like, long sleeved one. It was a long sleeve T-shirt that they were giving out. Um, it wasn't just like anybody. It was. In- it was one of those uh, fill out a credit card application, get the T-shirt type of things. But I was like, a I'm long, at Petco Park. I'm getting a free T-shirt. A long sleeve T-shirt in San Diego. A long Diego. sleeve T-shirt. In San, yes, in San Diego. Because at night it cools all the way down to uh, 70. Right. Yeah, man. That's frigid, <laughs> frigid temperatures. In, in the daytime, though, it, it gets as high as 73. I have seen it go as high as 75. Ooh. So I thank you to not uh, misrepresent weather, sir. Like Lewis Black, uh, I mean, does a bit. It's like the easiest job in the world has got to be weatherman in San Diego, California. Hey, right. Bob, what's the weather look like out there? Nice. Back to you, Steve. <laughs> oh. So sports, yeah. Going to see some well, baseball games. Who are you seeing uh, when you go to Chase? So Chase is probably going to be the. Uh, I think it worked out to be the Phillies and D-backs. Okay. Um, and then it'll be so the Angels. I hope you get to see. Can you turn that noise off? Or no, no. I'm sorry. It'll be no. It'll be Colorado and Arizona. I hope you get to see the uh, the roof open. I that's, didn't get that. Yeah. That's what, what time is the for. game? It's a night game. Then you might get the roof yeah. open. It, it just depends. Uh, with night games, it typically depends on how hot it was during that day, and then um, it's usually up to the home. Uh, it's usually up to our pitcher. Yeah. Can choose. Sometimes some of our pitchers like the roof closed. Some of them like it open. And uh, you know, if it if it's nice enough. To have it open, they'll sometimes ask the starting pitcher. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, Albert Pujols got the ball back from oh, home awesome. run six hundred. I heard that it was like given the freely. Fan, yeah, yeah, just fan. like freely gave it back. I hope they took care of him though. Like, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. And knowing the kind of guy that Albert Pujols is, if the team didn't, I'm sure he had to have done something. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that that's that's the way I think it should be. You know, when you catch that ball, it's yours. But if you know it's going to be important to that batter or. Uh, that pitcher, if it's, you know, like sometimes you get that last out in the game and they toss it into the stands anyway, you're like, hmm, maybe that pitcher actually wanted that. You know, I know that last out of the, or, the no-hitter, you know, got kept <laughs> and given to, yeah. uh, or, to the pitcher. Or if it's Bartolo Colon, both the pitcher and the hitter. <laughs> I'm sure uh, he wanted that ball. <laughs> yeah, I think um, – I think I forget what he said. I know uh, when Randy Johnson hit his one career home run, um, I think he got that ball back. I think he got it back for like a, a bat and a, a, yeah. a couple other signed balls and something like. Like he didn't have to to shell out a lot for it, but he yeah. he made he took care of that fan who got that one you know random home run ball in the middle of a game that didn't really mean anything except to the person who hit right. it because it was their only 
home run. You want to talk about an awkward looking swing? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is that is an awkward looking fellow uh, trying to swing a bat. But you know, sometimes you <laughs> sometimes you just run into one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is. It's so cool when they do get him back because it. People don't think, but it does make a big difference to these guys. Oh yeah, they this game put is all, all about stats and mementos. I mean, that's. Those are two things that that baseball is definitely about, and that's why I people I hate people who write books about uh, how to uh, catch thousands of game balls. Oh yeah, that guy. You mean that one guy? I hate that guy who does so that much. and then yeah. wrote that book that I can't imagine anybody actually read. Like, why would you read that? And yeah. somehow ended Might as well up. Well, just title it "How to Be an Asshole." Somehow ended up at a game that was being played. Uh, who was it that played the game on the, uh, the military base? Wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, for uh, military? Yes, I know what you're only? talking about. Yeah. yeah, he managed to weasel a ticket. Yeah, he paid. I mean, he paid good money for the ticket, and I do not honestly blame the person uh, that sold him the ticket because it was a military person who was probably not making nearly enough money for what they do, and I think he paid them like two or three thousand dollars to get in that game. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was something ridiculous. I mean, it was. An amount of money that to him was probably not very much, but to the person receiving it was probably uh, maybe not life changing, but year changing. Yeah, at least you know if somebody gave me three thousand dollars right now, that would that would change my year. Yeah, so oh, yeah. I'd know the feeling. Like I'd be like, hmm, I could get in trouble for this, but that's a lot of money. Right, and it's a ticket to a baseball game. Like how how bad how bad could this really be? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, apparently pretty bad. Yeah, evidently yeah. Uh, you can Why get not? into some shit for it. Don't know that the uh, military member got in any trouble, but yeah, uh, everyone hates that guy. I, yeah. I forget his name, and if I knew it, I wouldn't say it. Well, we all hated him before, so it's all right. Yeah, um, he, was, he was a jerk before because that's all he does is goes and tries to get these balls with the intention of essentially holding them ransom. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's one thing, too, if you catch the ball legitimately and you're there and you got it and you realize that the person wants it and – you know, you may negotiate a little bit for it. I, I don't have a problem with negotiating a little bit for it as long as you always in, to intend to, to do it. Um, but, no, what this fan did was was optimal, I think. Be like, nope, I recognize that this is important to you, so I'm going to give it to you. If you my, wish to compensate me, fantastic. Yeah, my negotiation my negotiation would start with I would like to meet the player. Like, let's Can, say, I, can let, I hand it to yeah, him? That's, yeah. Can I get a picture of me handing him this ball and then – and then, like from there, from there, the rest of my negotiation might be like, "I'd want a bat. Can I give it I to? I always wanted a bat. Can I give it to him in the clubhouse, where you know where all the other players are too? So, like, say I catch you know Jason Hayward's two hundredth home run or something, I'd be like, "Can I give it to him in the clubhouse where I'd get to see Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Ben Zobrist?" You know, so, so, something like that. Like, that would be my negotiation. It yeah. wouldn't be like, I want autographed stuff. I want a game-used bat. I want a base. I want this and that. No. Well, and and the uh, the asking price goes up with the number of home run ball it is. <laughs> yeah. You get someone's 400th, that's a lot more than 100. You know, I want to hand it to him at a very fancy restaurant where he <laughs> pays for a <our> meal. <laughs> I don't care if he pays for it specifically as long as I don't pay right, for it. Right, right, right. I don't care yes. if the club pays for it. I don't care if a, a news outlet that wants to get a picture of it pays for it. As long as that money doesn't come out of my pocket right. and I get a good steak out of it. Because I'm assuming it would be a steak. Oh, good, yeah. I mean, That's, oh, yeah. Filet. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
One of those big fillets, not one of those tiny little bacon wrap pieces. No, I want one of those. One I want of the, one of those. One of the the fillets. It's got to be twelve or bigger. Yeah, that's. I concur. So, um, so fun thing about when I go to when I go out to L.A. Uh, if I do if I do Dodger Stadium and um, and Angel Stadium, I will see the same matchup on back to back nights, but in two different stadiums. It'll be Dodgers Angels both nights. That's interesting. If I do Petco, uh, then I'll get Braves and Padres. Ah. So it's like a two-and-a-half-hour drive or something like that from L.A. to San Diego. Yeah, it's not too bad. So, something like that. Um, I think it might be closer to three, three-and-a-half. Is it? Because I, I remember when, we, when I had gone, it was because we were staying in Escondido, which is pretty much smack dab in between San Diego and L.A., and we had gone, you know, we had gone up to Disneyland one day, and then the next day we went down to San Diego to to do the park. And I, I feel like it was almost two hours from Escondido down to uh, down to San Diego. So I think it's you know closer to the three. Um, actually, from the from the exact center of LA to the exact center of San Diego, it's apparently an hour and fifty nine minutes maybe plus they, traffic. Maybe they've improved the uh, the freeway system since we were there because it seemed, or maybe it's just but, because of where we were. Maybe we didn't have it as direct. Right? Yeah, I would say. I mean, you might have been coming from like the north end of LA down to like the west of San well, Diego. Yeah, we were definitely so, going to the northern part of LA because we were technically going to Valencia, which I believe is north. Yeah, of, so that's an um, orange, not a city. <laughs> I believe the uh, one it may be named after the other. I really don't know. Right, it's, it's possible. I I would prefer to go to Petco over Angel Stadium. I think like I'm most excited about going to Dodger Stadium. Like, yeah, if I had to choose between those three stadiums, I would want to go to Dodgers first because I haven't been there. Yeah, and then from there, I'd I'd probably choose Angels only because I've been to Petco. But if I had not been to all three of them, I'd probably choose Petco over yeah. Angel. Guys, but, I just missed a call from the bike shop. I think my bike is ready. All right, well Hot that's good. Dog. That's good because we're about at the end of the show. Um. It it is too late for me to be able to ride to work today, and it's actually also a little chilly to ride. Yeah. Can I just uh, roll in with you? Well, no, and I'll tell you why off the air. Oh, so um, that is the end of the show. Though we are out of topics. Tom has to go get his bike. I have to go get my kids. Eric is off today and has absolutely nothing to do. That is not entirely true. I have to go shopping. Bah. I, we we are nearly out of bottled water, and I am sure not drinking tap because I'm a prissy prissy. We have award-winning tap water that occasionally becomes undrinkable. Yes. <laughs> and not undrinkable in the, ooh, it tastes bad sense, but undrinkable in the, this will kill you sense. So, um, no thank you. Right. But it's been raining a lot lately, which reduces the number of algae blooms, so you're fine until a couple months from now yeah. when everything dries out. <laughs> so. All right. I'm well, still going to go pick up some bottles. <laughs> thank you all for listening. Thank you to Eric for producing. Uh, thank you to the guy that fixed the transformer outside uh, for getting us power. Um, and uh, if you're in Toledo, remember to stop into Sean's Irish Tavern on Heather Downs. Uh, great beer. Always have the games on. Phenomenal food. Uh we have been ballpark. Delicious pickle spears. Yes. Uh, we have been ballpark bros, and we will talk sports at you next week.